0: This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, Podcast. CM Punk and his MMA commentary team have a good old hearty laugh at the whole brawlout situation. The Elite continue to taunt CM Punk, all while telling us fans to let it go. MJF and Conor McGregor have a little exchange on Twitter. And Sammy Zane, aka Sammy Uso, talks about the storyline with the bloodline. I'm your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome. Come on in to the Pro Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. I am your boy, Seth Grimes. Come on in. Kick your feet up. Relax a little. We're going to have a fun show this week. Uh, If I sound a little extra nasally this week, it's because I just sneezed right before I hit record, and my bitch-ass nose will be fucked up for the next several hours now. Anytime I sneeze, it just throws my sinuses all out of whack, and they're clogged and runny like I got a fucking cold, and it's a big old mess, and I hate it, but the show must go on. Luckily, I got my Zoa here with me. Cheap plug for Zoa. Uh, I was a bang guy. I still am. Still am a bang guy for the most part. Like, bang's got the best flavors, in my opinion, of energy drinks. Uh, It's got the wide variety, you know, Um, it's got some unique flavors in there. I love a good bang. But I got to tell you that the Zoas are creeping up on me. Like They're they're really good. They taste different because they're more natural or something. I don't know. Maybe The Rock sweats into it when he's working out. I don't know exactly. Um, but whatever it is, it's fucking amazing. So cheap plug for that. Um, also, another cheap plug here. I had the opportunity to listen to the uh, audiobook for There's Just One Problem. Written by Brian Gewirtz about his time as the head writer backstage in WWE. Uh, fantastic book. I'm going to do a whole separate review of that, so I'm not going to get into a lot of it here. Um, But if you're into books or if you're just into those kind of tell-all wrestling books that give you all the inside information about what it was like backstage during a certain era, this is a fantastic read Listen to. Great insight into Vince McMahon, into The Rock, Triple H, Stephanie, Shane. Uh, Lots of fun stories in here that I highly recommend that if you're into this kind of stuff, Fucking read it if you're sleeping on it. Don't, um, with all that out of the way, though. Let's just go ahead and hop on into our top story because we got a lot to cover here today. CM Punk has a good old hearty har har over the whole brawl out situation and being suspended from AEW while doing his commentary with CFFC MMA Cage Fury. Sitting at the commentary table, Cage Fury, uh, CFFC, some sort of like minor league to UFC, essentially, you know, like a lower level uh, minor league MMA promotion and CM Punk is on the commentary team there he recently made his return his first public appearance since the brawl out and then it was in this particular clip right here where CM Punk kind of shows where he's at with the whole thing you know Is, is, is this something that he's taking very seriously or is this something that's a big fucking joke to him you be the judge check out this clip
1: this guy here wasn't to, injured. Him versus Paul Felder might have happened, but apparently he's nursing a shoulder injury. You know, maybe Mario Lopez hey, or listen, somebody like everything that. Everything's hurt. I'm nursing everything. Speaking it's of the, CM Punk, next hurts. year, we may do Fury Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're trying to get a big signing to happen. We need to add it to oh, I'm our. I'm bad. I'm bad news. You don't want me in the yeah, locker room. Yeah, yeah, that dude'll mess up the whole right. organization. What he are does you does doing? Tra- I like working numbers. here, man. He won't <laughs> draw numbers. Don't let him do any press conferences. All right, all right. Listen, we still got a main event to come.
0: So for anybody that had any kind of delusions that CM Punk could come back and like apologize to each individual person in the locker room for being an asshole. And promise to do better and be on his best behavior and minding his P's and Q's for an AEW return. I hope this kind of settles that whole thing that you're out of your fucking mind. If you think CM Punk's going to come back and tuck his tail between his legs, the dude doesn't even care. He's laughing about it. This is laughable to see M. Punk. Now, this indicates one of two things, right? One is it's a work. It's a work, and he's having a good laugh about it because he knows he's gonna return and do big business working with the elite, the box Kenny, right? Fucking the, he, Punk and FTR versus the elite and the six mans. Punk versus Kenny Omega one on one. Like, dude, there is some great. Great business to be had from a CM Punk returning and having the business sense to turn this whole spiel, this whole brawl out fucking fiasco into some money. Start printing money. Punk can come back as a massive heel and, you know, behind the scenes, apologize to the locker room, make them all comfortable with him being there again. And then just not fuck up ever again. (laughs) And uh, on screen, play it up. You know, behind the scenes, kiss ass on screen, play it up. Yeah, fuck you guys. Blah, 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 blah. Create an angle out of it. So it's all a work and Punk is coming back. That's scenario number one. Number two is Punk, is. this is just a big joke to him. Ha, ha, ha. This whole thing's stupid. Remember, this was the guy that uh, had said that he didn't think that the uh when he got suspended that he didn't think that the press conference part of this was a big deal you know people close to CM Punk through Nick Hausman or whatever and said they didn't think it was a big deal the the media scrum thing like they get you know the, the fight backstage fight though fights happen all the time in wrestling so why exactly is this such a big deal he doesn't even understand that he doesn't see it Um, the, the fight's not the big deal. I don't know that I would have even been mad about the fight, to be honest with you. wrestling, you know, their egos, it's testosterone, it's big guys with big egos and, and they're in competition for top spots. You know what I mean? For top paydays and, and that's tempers are going to fly and people are going to disagree and people are going to get into it. So be it. That's part of the game. But to just go into this media scrum and bury your whole locker room—ah, none of these people did anything. They're all children. I'm trying to run the business here, and that whole thing about Punk possibly being an EVP secretly—that's not correct at all. Um, he's the way I took it is that, uh, you know, Punk is kind of had he just had tony's ear similar to what chris jericho has chris jericho doesn't have any kind of title um but he does take a locker room leader role and he certainly uh is there to advise tony Khan. and i think punk was doing pretty much the same thing uh with no official title otherwise we would have heard that um so that's kind of a stupid rumor too just for Punk to bury everybody at, at that thing and then think that, oh, I don't see what the big deal is. It's just you know, just burying the entire company. I mean, doesn't everybody agree with me? Doesn't everybody think they're a bunch of no-name fuck-alls? That <laughs> they're a bunch of children trying to run a fucking shitty half-ass promotion? Um, you know, that kind of mentality, he's never going to come back and apologize. He's never going to think that he's in the wrong This is a guy that does not, his ego is too big to see any wrong that he does. Everything that he does is great. I know people like this. Personally, I do. You can't win an argument with him because you can't even, you can't even be like, look, man, I see from your point of view. I really do. I understand where you're coming from. This is just where I'm coming from. And they're like, yeah, well, where you're coming from sucks. And I'm right. You know what I mean? Like that's CM Punk. There there is no scenario where he's going to come back and and get on the locker room's good graces and and mind his P's and Q's. He's going to come back and be like, you know, I did what I did and I'd do it again. Fuck you guys. I'm the big shit around here and you guys are lucky to have me here. That's CM Punk. And uh, it's sad that it's going to turn out that way. But I think that's what it is, though. We're going to get into later in another clip if you're watching clips on YouTube. But if you're listening or watching the full pod, we're going to get into the elite side of this whole thing here in a minute. Um, but this is a pure sign that this is all a joke to him. He's laughing it off that he was suspended. He's laughing about the fight. Ah, I punched a guy. A ah, big deal. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't want me in your locker room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know he hears all these rumors and he's just like ah it's a big fucking joke fuck all these kids these punk ass kids they're lucky to have me uh, no one cares what they think it's just it's a bad and I look I know there's a lot of people like a Jim Cornette he's gonna listen to this and and the Jim Cornette like and I know I have a lot of people that listen you know just from reviewing the analytics I can I know a lot of people that watch this also watch Jim Cornette but I know Jim Cornette's very solidly in the camp of CM Punk and that they are all children and that he is they are lucky to have him here and he is the biggest star and all of that might be correct but it's not Punk's place to call it out publicly in front of the world to make the company look like shit to continue to reinforce that impression with the public you know Punk's job is to build the company up not sit here and say you know I'm a giant star and all these are people are fucking idiots and children they're lucky to have me and and i'm just here collecting a giant fat paycheck and trying to do the best i can while i'm here um you know instead of making putting aew the company over you know all of these guys are top stars you know you beat hangman for the world title so like does that you know when you sit there and you say like oh who's Hangman what did he ever do in this business wow you really fucking want a big one there then didn't you punk you know what I mean like you don't say that kind of shit publicly whether you're right or wrong and I you know half of me does believe he's right in a lot of those situations I do the bucks are children the bucks are petty and I, and I'll get into it when I cover the elite part but there's certainly some shit going on there where they they try to babyface themselves and oh we're just good Christian boys. And we're just, you know, minding our own business. And big mean CM Punk comes in. No, that's not the case either. Both this road goes two ways. I just think to wrap this up here that CM Punk, the way that he's laughing about this clearly shows he doesn't take it seriously, that he doesn't see any fault in himself or any wrong that he would have done. He's not gonna want to meet in the middle. He's not gonna wanna come back and and Be on good terms and he's not going to want to come back and make money off of this which the money is there to be taken again ftr versus the elite in the six mans and the trios punk versus fucking omega one-on-one is a main event anywhere in the world like a fucking million dollar gate main event like a fucking like a top 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 draw and uh, i don't think we're ever gonna see it unfortunately and i don't know that we're ever gonna see punk in aew again because it's all a big fucking joke the elite have made their triumphant return to aew but not without controversy of course we couldn't have that The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, making their return to AEW at the Full Gear pay-per-view, which I did a full review of. That's something I'm going to try to do more of now, uh, time permitting. I'm also going to do one for Survivor Series as well. So keep an eye out for that and go watch the Full Gear review. But uh, the Elite returning at Full Gear Full spectacle with the new entrance music and stuff like that, which a lot of people thought were a shot at CM Punk to begin with. With the carry on, my wayward son, there will be peace when you are gone. You know, um, certainly could be taken that way. Now, the young bucks have come out and said that that's not the case, that this is the music they used when they were yarders and that this is stuff that they used to jam out to with their dad and any look at their dad you can see that obviously he was a Kansas fan <laughs> right clearly the type that would be a Kansas fan um but you know hey that's what they say so i'm going to take them at their word and they're going to continue to use it but certainly the lyrics uh could have a double meaning could they not uh but CM Punk in 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 the box in omega the whole brawl out aside Kenny Omega did an interview with Sports Illustrated and and tried to lay it all to rest. Tried to get the fans to just let it go. And uh, check out this here sample from the article in which Kenny Omega says, There are things no one can talk about, so I'd encourage people to let it go, says Omega. It doesn't change that we want a team effort in AEW. I don't even mean implicitly myself and my opponent. It also means the referee, the fans, the people who set up the ring, everyone. Even a technical error can ruin the memory of a match. Uh, Exploding barbed wire death match, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, he says that. I can refer back to the exploding barbed wire death match. So I encourage people to move away from it because there is no information to be released. Though I cannot talk about it, I do want the fans to know I still want the best for pro wrestling. oh well, that's very nice. That's so sweet of Kenny Omega to say in writing. Um, but a lot of people will tell you it's not what you say. It's what you do. And uh, we could start with the return of the elite at uh, Full Gear. You know, we already talked about the entrance music. Could it be? Could it not be? Eh. You know, there's some plausible deniability there. Uh, I read the Young Bucks book. I don't remember if they made mention of what their entrance music was when they were talking about their yard career. Um, but plausible deniability. We'll let that one slide. Uh, but what about this clip here where clearly the fans that were there in support of the elite were rowdy and outspoken and they were going to give their thoughts on CM Punk which is fine crowds are are lively like that you know when they were in Chicago the crowds you know the crowd had an alternative f- f- pro CM Punk chant so that kind of shit's going to happen but uh, then you watch being the elite that comes out you know 2 days later and it looked a little bit like they might have been encouraging it check out this clip oh So does Brandon Cutler count as, you know, the elite encouraging this Uh him pointing his camera at the crowd while they're chanting it? Uh, certainly it gives them encouragement to keep it going, does it not? They're getting the attention on them. They're getting a camera pointed at them. They're going to get louder. They're going to get more boastful. Uh I would certainly say that that was encouraged. Okay, but still plausible deniability. It was Brandon Cutler. It was for YouTube. Uh, you know, he didn't have to edit it into the YouTube show and make a big spectacle of it. So there's that as well. Uh, then we move forward to Dynamite where Kenny Omega fucking does the... Uh, he, he bites a guy's arm and then he does the go to sleep. And this was a guy that comes out in a Sports Illustrated magazine and encourages fans to let it go. We want to be a team environment at AEW. Also, fuck CM Punk, and we're going to make fun of this whole thing every chance we get, at least for this match. A go to sleep and biting a guy's arm and make and not just biting an arm but like cartoonishly biting his arm you know what i mean like clearly making a show and this is the whole thing that the bucks get shit on for to begin with is they are cartoonish and and they're they're phony it's a jim Cornette term they're phony now i i love i love a good spectacle in wrestling it's not my favorite type of wrestling but I don't hate the flip-flop-and-fly stuff, the choreographed uh, trapeze act, if you will, as long as there's other stuff to balance it out on the card that's different. Um, but, you know, that's what you're going to get with a Young Bucks match. And, you know, they not only do they do it so choreographed, but they do it in like a the way that they carry themselves. They're so cartoonish. They're so... Uh, pretend, You know, they're like, yeah, we, clearly what we're doing right now is is ridiculous and a joke and we're going to act as such. And that's their shtick, And that's where they get a lot of the hate from uh, the Jim Cornette fans and such. I don't mind it as much. It doesn't bother me. But clearly that's what they're doing. And to just to be that flagrant about CM Punk and, and you know, the a steel biting of Kenny's arm and just. When you do all of that shit like and then you tell fans in the same out of the other side of your mouth to say, Oh yeah, you should just let it go. We're trying to be a team here. We just wanna get along. Like, fuck off. Quit trying to babyface yourself out of both sides of your asshole. You know what I mean? You're trying to babyface yourself by, oh, we, we just want to let it go. I'd encourage fans to let it go, too. We want to be a team player. And then over in the crowd when they're chanting fuck CM Punk or they're chanting for CM Punk in Chicago, you antagonize them. You stir the pot purposely. Now, maybe that was something that the Bucks and Kenny felt like they had to do in Chicago because you couldn't ignore it. You have to address the elephant in the room to a certain extent, right? Something has to be done. Does it though? Maybe like there, I have a feeling that they're, they could have worked a way around that. Right. And what they're doing is they're just poking the bear. They're making fun. They're getting the last laugh because you know, it's not likely that punk is coming back or going back to my CM punk clip, uh, from earlier in the show. If you're watching the show or just go find that fucking clip, I'll link it at the end of the thing in YouTube, if you're watching just this clip. Um, but could it be a work, you know? um, could all this be to be setting up a CM Punk return when he's able to return from his injury? Because that's the other thing. They can pretend, oh, he's suspended. He's persona non grata. He's going to be gone for like almost a year from injury. So it's plenty of time to play up, oh, he's gone. He's done ski He's out of here. You know what I mean? um to bring but they could bring him back as a heel play it up have him team with FTR against the elite have that one on one match with Punk versus Kenny Omega this is dream match shit um Likely not going to happen, though. And obviously, you know, Punk laughing about it on his little MMA commentary booth there that he's, you know, having a good laugh at the expense of the whole thing. Um, And now you have the elite trying to troll Punk and take jabs at him. According to Dave Meltzer. People within CM Punk's camp were not happy about this. I hate these fucking news stories, by the way. This is just, you're just, when you see these stories, sources close to say somebody in the locker room, people within the locker room say that. It, These are dumb. This is just one fucking asshole with an opinion, just like everybody else, just like I'm an asshole with an opinion, just like you're an asshole with an opinion. We're all assholes with opinions, right? I just happen to have a microphone and a camera, so you get to watch mine. But mine's no different than yours. Um, But that's the same thing when Meltzer talking to somebody who might be friends with punk or something, who's just like, oh, yeah, that was bullshit. Punk wouldn't like that. And then all of a sudden, this is a big news story. Sources close to Punk say, um, now, who knows? It could be, but it just seems like such a non-news story that's made into a news story. And you see a lot of this stuff floating around the wrestling industry. Uh, it's fucking goofy. Like, there's one uh, that I've seen floating around. WWE reportedly has no interest in Enzo and Cass. And this just keeps popping up everywhere like it's a big news story. And Cass is fucking signed to AEW. What the fuck are you even talking about? Stupid bullshit news stories like this. So I didn't read much into what Meltzer had to say, even though it is coming from Meltzer. You know, Meltzer also very friendly with the elite and not so much with punk side. So, eh, I don't know about that one, but. Either way, you know, the Bucks got to take their shots and they got to be punk asses. And I I can't imagine that they'd even want to work with punk. Uh, They don't want to work with FTR right now as it is. So you think they're going to want to do a fucking program with CM Punk? And they don't even have beef with FTR as far as I know. They just don't... you know, if you listen, to coronet. It's because, it, or even you know, FTR themselves in the interview. It's because uh, the Bucks don't want to be shown up by good tag team wrestlers. You know, actual tag. Uh, they're two different types. You know, FTR is serious as a heart attack. They go out there and it's real shit. The Bucks go out there and it's a fucking stunt show and in a big goof. It's a it's a goof. Um, but they had great matches. The two matches that they had were fantastic. So, uh, but, but, you know, if you believe those rumors and I do, because it was so convoluted the way that the young bucks, instead of just doing the rubber match it all out with, with FTR, which is exactly where it was all set up for that. FTR had every tag team title that exists in the world, except for the AEW titles. And then they don't fucking... All of a sudden, like, you know, the the are the champs, and they're like, no, you know what? Let's drop the belts to swerve in our glory, and then we're going to go chase the Trios titles at All Out instead. You couldn't have did that after? You couldn't have debuted the Trios titles the night after uh, All Out? Like, come on, man. So, clearly, I, I they probably, you know, they don't like to work with FTR. They're not going to want to work with punk. So this whole thing, they're just getting the last laugh in. They're just being fucking douchebags. And look, I don't have a problem with, you know, when I say that they're being fucking douchebags. That sounds like I, you know, very critical of them or don't like them or whatever. I I don't mind the elite. You know, they're not my favorites, but I don't hate them or anything like that. They're just kind of there for me and whatever. They don't bother me like they bother a lot of people. But clearly you can see what they're doing. This is this is obvious, is it not? And for them to go in on Sports Illustrated and say, you know, I think the fans should just let it go. We're trying to run a team. And then, you know, on the very, you know, next time you're on TV, you're encouraging foxy and punk chants, biting people and fucking doing the go to sleep, you're being a douchebag and it's not likely to be leading to anything cuz punk's not going to tuck his tail and and, and apologize for anything. And, you know, the Bucs and Kenny probably aren't going to ever want to do any actual in-ring business with them, which could make the company huge pay-per-view buy rates uh, just because they're petty. There was a fun Twitter exchange this week between MJF and Connor McGregor, two of the sports world's biggest mouths The biggest shit talkers, the cockiest, most braggadocious, brash, arrogant, shit talking motherfuckers in the entire business. Conor McGregor and MJF got into it this week on Twitter. It started with uh, MJF taking a shot at Patty Pimblett saying that uh, he's an Irish MMA fighter. Basically saying that uh, on TMZ Sports, he called him a dollar store Connor McGregor, which is uh, accurate, to say the least. Um, but Connor McGregor responded, and this is what he had to say. He said, a dollar store Connor is still worth millions. Let's go, young Patty Pym. Don't know who this other clown is. This other clown he is referring to is MJF, who was... Quick to not let that slide. And MJF responds, I'll fuck the Connor clone up. Then I'll wipe my ass with the original. Stay in your lane, you roided up leprechaun. Stay in your lane, you roided up leprechaun. You can't hang with the AEW world champ. Better than you. Hashtag better than you. Um, As far as I've been able to find, Connor has not responded to that. Probably doesn't want to give MJF the attention, Um, but MJF going for it there. That's a good way to get uh, some spotlight on himself taking shots at conor mcgregor look if anybody can hang in a shit talking back and forth with mjf it's conor mcgregor i don't know if you follow mma much or how familiar you are with actual conor mcgregor promo but you see him at these press conferences and shit and he says the wildest shit you know what i mean like he's 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 brutal with his tongue just like mjf is it's a verbal joust that i would love to see i would love to see these two fucking get together and just go back and forth i wish connor would have responded i wish we would have seen a little bit more from that um but hopefully mjf can continue to poke the bear a little bit and and stir up a stir something up with a guy like connor and look, Connor, it would be a great fit for pro wrestling because he's kind of past his prime in MMA now at this point, which isn't a knock. Uh, it happens very quickly in MMA. You know, you're you're on your way up, you reach your peak, you're on top for a couple pay per views, and then suddenly, like somebody knocks you off, and you're never the same after that. You know, you're just. On your way back down. And Connor, you know, spent a lot of time at the top. And he's, look, he's still a tough bastard. And he can still hang with pretty much anybody, I would imagine. But he's, you know, he's not the Connor of old. Um, but when he's still got that kind of gas in the tank and you have the gift of gab. And you have that kind of recognizable face. It might not hurt to follow the the path to the, you know, from MMA to WWE or to AEW. Um, Connor, you know, he'd probably do better in WWE, obviously follow Logan Paul there, you know, kind of do that whole same thing. Uh, he'd be great for it. The way that he talks shit, he's, uh, he's one of the best all time promos. You know, he's up there with a Roddy Piper. He's up there with the rock. He's up there with, uh, like seriously, I'm not, this isn't hyperbole here. If you're familiar with Connor, you know, if you're not go speak. Search his shit up on YouTube um, because this dude can hang with the best of them. I really would love to see a verbal joust between Connor and MJF. And this is good. This is smart for MJF to keep doing this kind of stuff. This is a great way because he's in in and did you notice the branding? You can't hang with the AEW world champion. Like the This is why MJF is also, as I said last week, is a good company man as well. He is the leader of AEW, and him doing this kind of shit is great. It's great for publicity. It's great to keep that name recognition out there in the mainstream. Go out and pick fights with these these mainstream names, not just fighters, but like anybody. Take a shot at Will Smith if you get the chance to. You know what I mean? Like, Go out there and be MJF. To the to get get your name known to the public, bro. Get out in the, you know, because one of these days, you know, uh, g- this already was picked up by a bunch of people, you know, including myself. Right. Um, but just imagine if they would have went back and forth a little bit more. Um, it's going to stir up attention every time he does it. You know, he gets one of these celebrities to if he goes and picks a fight with a celebrity and gets them to bite and they have a little bit of a back and forth. That's great. More people are gonna have eyes on it. They're gonna hear about AEW. They're gonna hear about MJF. It's the same shit that MJF did. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lady. Uh, God, I forgot. I covered it. It was months ago now, though. There was a lady uh, who does a talk show, apparently, and she was um, like a daytime talk show, completely separate from wrestling. And she she said she ran into MJF at the airport. And she, her son is a big fan of MJF, and she tried to approach MJF, and to you know get a picture, or an autograph, or something. And MJF basically told her to fuck off, um, <laughs> and and she was so offended by this. Like, and there was no cameras around. There was no, there was nothing, and uh, uh, <laughs> she was so offended. She had to go on her show and talk about it and talk about how horrible of a person this MJF is. And she's like, I'm friends with Mark Henry, I'll get Mark Henry on your ass, you know what I mean? I'm gonna tell him what you did. (laughs) Henry's just gonna laugh because that's MJF, you know what I mean? And even she went, she even said her kid, who is the MJF fan, was like, No, mom, that's that's don't be mad, that's what MJF does, that's that's how he is. You that's MJF, you know. He wouldn't have it any other way, and that's that's the brilliance of MJF. So he him out there stirring the pot with all these celebrities, uh, you know, with his sharp wit and his devil tongue. Uh, there are few, if anybody, that can actually hang with MJF. I, you know, even a Conor McGregor, I think, might have, uh, you know, had to tap out to MJF's uh, verbal jousting, if you will. But uh, I like it. It's good shit. I want to see more of it. It's good for the business, it's good for MJF's brand, and we'll catch you in the next video. Sammy Zane, the honorary Us himself, was on the After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves this week. Talking all about the continued Bloodline storyline and Sammy Zayn's involvement with the Bloodline. Going into the big War Games match this weekend as well. Sammy was, Sammy's the shit. I love me some Sammy Zane. He is in the absolute best year of his career. They addressed that a little bit, actually, on the show here. Um, you know, talked about how Sammy's got this incredible match at WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville. That was just you know a complete career highlight for Sammy, and now this this huge bloodline storyline and him joining up with the bloodline, and and now with the Kevin Owens part of it and it's just it's just such great shit. This is absolutely the best storyline of Sammy Zayn's career, and uh, he seems to think so too. This was him talking about it on After the Bell. Check out this clip.
1: The whole honorary Oost thing, as it was initially presented, was let's try to force this square peg in the round hole. Sami Zayn does not fit in the bloodline. But over the past (laughs) several months, you have proven that to not be the truth and and have grown into one of the hottest. You you have found your role within the hottest act in the business. How did that come to be from your perspective? Was this something that you saw the potential in or is this something you were just trying to to get along? Uh, I definitely saw the potential from the get go. It's one of those things that you kind of nailed, the, nailed it there, where it's, it's not something that you predict ahead of time, or it's not something that you think you want to see, or something that even you think would make sense. But in execution, and that's what I think this whole thing has come down to, is the execution of it all, more than it is the concept. Because you're right, the concept is a bit strange. Well, the bloodline is a family and here's this person who's clearly not family. <laughs> and the whole thing just doesn't make sense on paper. But it's a perfect example of uh, when things work in, in execution more than they do in, on paper. And, you know, there's, there's so many things that I think you could say the same about. And the easiest one that we often fall back to is, just as an example, the people's elbow. <laughs> you know, like if you wrote down... Rock comes up with a new move called the people's elbow where he stands over the guy and does this. I mean, it doesn't read like something that's going to become iconic, but it's the execution and the performer and the time and the place and all these variables that make it magic and make it special. So I'm not entirely uh, surprised at the success of the the segments or whatever that we've done, but it has still exceeded my expectations. Like I knew they would be good. I just didn't know the fans would take to it the way they have.
0: This has to be one of the best storylines, if not the best storyline in the last fucking decade. Honestly, this is this is such a good storyline. This whole bloodline angle, this unstoppable faction, this unstoppable reign by Roman Reigns. And then just, you know, you get that little bit of comic relief with the fucking, with the honorary oos joining in. And he's so completely opposite from everybody else in the bloodline and you know you get jay uso is just like he's like i see you bro like there's something shady about you i don't like it i don't trust you i don't want you here and, you know i don't like the smell of your breath you know what i mean like <laughs> then they had that thing remember a couple of weeks ago where they all cracked up on he's not feeling very oozy like this is Sammy Zayn is absolutely in the in the best run of his entire career right now, like of everything he's ever done, and he's had a hell of a career. Like, let me let me fucking school you a little bit here. For those that don't know, when he was, uh, I mean, it hasn't been confirmed, but rumors are that he may have been the person under the El Generico mask. And assuming that the rumors are correct, and this is something that, that he was El Generico, which has not been proven, that he had I mean, he El Generico is an indie legend. He wasn't just a guy on the indies or like you know, had a, had a couple big matches or whatever. Like El Generico is an indie icon. Like he was one of the biggest names on the indies at that time. And in Ring of Honor, he was he defined that era. Him and Kevin Steen together, Kevin Owens, defined that era of independent wrestling of Ring of Honor. They were just, I mean, it, so he he left a legacy on the indies he didn't just participate you know moving up to the main roster he had that hell of a match with with uh he he had a great run in nxt in general you know he's sammy if you watch him and when he's playing as the baby face the way that he sells and the way that it just he's Almost on another level from anybody. There's there's very few people in the business that sell better than Sami Zayn when he's playing the baby face coming from behind, right? And then as a heel, he's just so smarmy and obnoxious and weasley. And everybody loves a good big mouth Weasley heel, you know? Because you can have... Everybody wants to be the on the big tough guy Roman Reigns style heel, right? Or you can back it up. But... To be able to play the weasel, the smart ass, the guy that's gonna try to run or escape or 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 can't really fight if you if it was fair or if you really get your finally get your hands on him. He's fucked, but he, he's just, you know, keeps running his mouth and then running away or something. That kind of character. Like Sammy's amazing right now. He's doing the best work of his entire career in his 20th year, he said, of being a professional wrestler, and he's just out there fucking slaying it. Um I don't know where this is heading. They kind of teased with Kevin Owens, you know, and, and you could see Jay kind of peeking through the door and eavesdropping on, on the conversation. I don't know if... I hope they're not leading to... A, I hope this isn't coming to an end at Survivor Series, I guess, is what I'm saying. At some point, it has to come to an end. Um, but it's just, you know, why why... You know, let's enjoy the ride for a little bit longer first. You know, I don't think it's ready to come to an end yet. Um, but I think we might be about to see a new turn in this storyline. Um, I wish the best for Sami Zayn. I hope to God that he continues to just just dominate you know I hope when he does get turned on that he can go on that huge baby face run then at that point and he's not going to be the guy to dethrone Roman I highly doubt that um, but Sammy's Sammy is a generational talent he really is he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent and he's had the best year of his career and and i fucking love it i love everything about it and i'm excited to see the war games but what are your thoughts let me know in the comments below my girl jade cargill was on the breakfast club radio show talking all about the jade brand promoting jade cargill and aew talking about her aew career How she got started into the business. She name-dropped Mark Henry as the guy who got her first break in pro wrestling. This is the same Mark Henry that got uh, Bianca Belair her first break in professional wrestling. So, Mark Henry is the talent scout of the fucking century, is he not? Holy shit. Um, Those are two megastars that he plucked. And said you know what you guys would be great in professional wrestling and they were athletes outside of wrestling they weren't on the indies you know they were doing uh, other athletic ventures outside of wrestling and it was Mark Henry that saw something in him so props to Mark Henry holy shit. Um, no, Bianca's doing fantastic in WWE. Jade's a little bit greener. She's got a long way to go. And I see so much hate online for Jade Cargill, mostly because of that. You know, she's green and sucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can't deny the star power of a Jade Cargill, right? Like, she's not. When you look at her, you, you just She's, she literally has money falling out, out of her pockets and shit. You know what I mean? Like everywhere she walks, she leaves like a, a wafty trail of fucking gold and diamonds. She's a fucking star. She's a star. She's a mega star. She's a born star. Look at her. Like, if you can't make money with Jade Cargill, you're insane. And that's why WWE also had an interest in her. When Mark found her and put her on and gave her her opportunity, he basically served her up to both, AEW and WWE. Here you go. Why don't you both of you take a look at Jade Cargill here? And both of them wanted her. And uh, she had some decisions to make. And this is why she chose AEW over WWE. Check out this clip.
2: So AEW really didn't know what they had at first then? No, not okay. at all. And I was actually going between this company and another, well, the other company at the, yeah, at the same time. So I was going back and forth. But, you know, we have an owner, Tony Khan, who's hungry. He owns the Jaguars. He owns a soccer team for him mm-hmm. in England. He's I to love, own
1: that hotel right next door. Yeah, row. he
2: owns everything. The yeah. man is a billionaire. Well, Roxy. I love the fact that he treats us like athletes. And he understands, like, we need mental health days, like, we need time off. We have families at home. I have a five-year-old daughter. So I want to be there as much as I can for her. And that's the reason why I chose this company over the other company. And they've seen something in me. And they don't treat me like a number. Like, they were, he was willing to listen to my dream and what I wanted and said, okay, I believe in you mm-hmm. and we're going to make this happen.
0: There's no doubt that she would be a bigger star in WWE, especially Hunter. I cannot imagine that AAA or Vince even, I think, would have pushed her to the moon you know uh just cuz of her look you know Vince is not dumb he's going to see that and go god damn you know what i mean and, and, but Hunter's no dummy either, you know, like he was obviously as close to China as anybody, right? And, and saw that whole run happen. So he's going to see dollar signs in a Jade Cargill too. So there's no way that she's just going to not be used properly in WWE or be relegated to NXT forever or just, you know. You know what I mean? Like they are going to push her to the moon in WWE as well. But there's other things to consider. It's the, you know, the money. Um, it's the time with your family. Jade also wanted she's got a daughter. She's got to spend time with her daughter. She's got to raise her daughter, right? She's got to, uh, be able to continue doing her other stuff. She says she is a brand. I'm not, I can't say I'm familiar with like her clothing line or anything like that, but she's into fashion apparently. And she's got other shit going. So she's not just a professional wrestler, you know, she's a model obviously. So, there's a lot of things to consider when you're choosing between an AEW or a WWE. But both companies would be insane to pass up a Jade Cargill. You know for a fact. Like, she's she's a top draft pick for me. Like, like she is a top five. Like, if I was WWE and I had to name five people I'd want to scoop away from AEW, Jade's on that list. She's probably in the top three on that list, honestly. Because it's not just about wrestling talent. It, it, that's only part of it. You know what I mean? Like, you, uh, Serena Deeb's the best women's wrestler on the planet, pretty much, right? But she can't, you know, she's, she doesn't have star power, right? She's not going to draw you a dime. Nobody in the planet's buying a ticket to go see Serena Deeb. I'm sorry if you're the one female listener or male listener, whatever, and you're listening to my show and you're like, I like Serena Deeb. I bought a ticket to see Serena. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm just I'm generalizing here to an extent, but nobody's buying a ticket to see Serena Deeb. People will buy tickets to see Jade Cargill. And that's she's on the Breakfast Club, dude. This is that's a huge, huge radio show. Uh and I, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but like, you know, if you're listening to rap music at all, like the hip-hop culture, like it's All of it comes through the doors there at the Breakfast Club. Um, They have stars on that show. And Jade Cargill fit right in, puts her fucking TBS title on the table. Like, you know, like she's, boom, I'm here. I'm representing AEW, talking about the brand. This is the kind of shit that makes her valuable, like, can she do a fucking, can she, can she put on a serviceable match? Not quite yet, but I, I, you know, you keep working with her on that because she looks the part, she talks the part, she walks the part. She's, she's gets the media attention. She's, Uh, on shows like the fucking Breakfast Club, and she's the girl you keep putting her out there, and that's why she's a top three, top five draft pick because she she does the media like a fucking champ too. She goes out there, she doesn't break character, but she can be because she is Jade. You know what I mean? Just turned up to eleven. Like she can, she goes in there with her swagger, her attitude, her bitchiness, um, but also is able to just represent the brand professionally she's she is just there's just so much money to print with jade cargill it's unreal and i i you know like anybody when i first saw her i think it was her debut was was with Shaq, right like everybody else you know i was like eh okay you know she's not great we'll wait and see she looks good you notice that right away um, But th- it didn't take very long at all for me to go, okay, I'm all in the Jade Cargill fucking camp. <laughs> and I know she's got her haters. and I know people are going to cringe when they watch this or whatever. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Let me know how much you hate her. It's fine. You know, everybody's got their own tastes and opinions. I just, this girl is just, she's the guy, she... <laughs> She's she's the girl that you want to push to the top of your female your wrestling card you know your 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 women's roster she's got to be at the top of the card you know what I mean she's the megastar and that's why she's out of the mix with the world title too because you also want. She kind of alluded to it, and I think this might have been a conversation Tony had with her. You know, she said in the pot, like uh, in the interview, that like, oh, you know, the only reason I haven't gone for that title is because I don't want to. I don't want to give those guys their little time in the sunshine because they're in their time in the spotlight because they've been around a while or whatever, and. That's one way to say it, but I would say like, you know, like with the TBS title, if you keep that separate from the AEW women's title, you have the ability to to push like a Britt Baker to the moon, you know, and Thunder Rosa. And now Jamie Hayter's got that spotlight and none of them would be able to have any kind of run at the top of a women's card if, if Jade was sitting there because so you got to kind of keep them separate and uh she you know she represents that belt well she represents the company well and she's just going to be a megastar for years to come i do uh i do see her possibly spending some time in wwe in the future and again i think when they do they're not going to drop the ball with her she's going to continue to be a megastar wherever she goes
2: I hate juggalos, I fucking hate them. I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life, I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah, man, I'm, I'm not into all that whoop whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out! Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down! Cops! FUCK YOUR SLEEP! FUCK Fuck YOUR your SLEEP! sleep. FUCK YOUR (laughs) SLEEP! The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit! Run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? (sighs) Yep. The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the juggalo underworld.
0: Well to call him the natural natural Dustin <laughs> Dustin Rhodes was on the uh talk is Jericho podcast this week. Having just a, a you know, like a, a good old talk by two vets, two wily vets that have shared a locker room for years and years and years, kind of walking through the whole uh, Gold Dust and and Dustin Rhodes' career and stuff had a couple of the highlights there of some of his best matches. Uh, that was is fun. Um, they just talked about the uh, the War Games match that Dustin was in with the Sting Squadron against the Dangerous Alliance. That's one of my favorites. Um, I actually did a watch along to that, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but in this particular clip here, Dustin talked about. Uh, how he felt when Cody left AEW to go to the WWE. Check out this clip. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how did you feel when Cody left AEW and went back back to WWE. Kind kind of down a little bit. It was, uh, but you know Cody's he's still young. Is I mean we, there's such an age gap, 16 years. So now he's kind of in his prime now. And but watching him return on WrestleMania was just huge. And, you know, I'm not going to miss any of his stuff. And he's on the rise to become a champion, you know? And I really think he's set the tone for that in his last uh, eight years of work and and things that he's done and has built up. He's very professional. He's very different than I am. We're two completely opposite people. I mean, he has that that creative mind, like my dad had, you know, and I'm more the I'm more the grunt, the worker in the in the family. Mm-hmm. But he is like surpassing everything. He's he's doing amazing. It's great, man.
2: But
0: um, yeah, I wish he was still here. Yeah, you know? I, I get a text from him uh,
1: actually quite frequently. And he always says, "I miss you guys, man. I miss you guys." And I do miss having him around. You know, I do. He was
0: he's you know he's I got much closer with him for obvious reasons in AEW than I ever was in WWE. But I still always. Had a connection with him in WWE as well. Yeah, you know? he yeah. Just always was the type of guy. I like I like that guy. So, I can imagine that being pretty sad. Him being sad to see him go, but he knows. He knows that Cody's in his prime right now, and that Cody's on his way. Everybody knows that Cody is on his way to that WWE title. I think it's it's written in the goddamn stars. You know what I mean? It's destined. There's nothing nothing that is going to stop that from happening. He will likely be the person that beats Roman Reigns. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that they've figured that out yet. Or I don't know, you know, with The Rock, is The Rock coming in? Is he not coming in? And if he is, is he facing Reigns? And if he does, is it for the title? And how do you do that? You know what I mean? Does, does Cody have to wait then? Who wins the Royal Rumble? How How does all that going to work? So there's a lot of, of what-ifs up in the airs right now. For that kind of thing but I think it's everybody pretty well can tell that Cody is destined for that WWE title specifically and he deserves it man he's a mega star Cody's a mega star uh he was in AEW it was just that he had been there so long you know they were on they were like two years there right at that point and Cody was kind of you know he wasn't going for any world title and like the babyface you know, the, the grandiose entrance and the baby face stuff was starting to wear thin on the people, his promos and stuff and people, they wanted to, they wanted him to be a, a heel and he didn't want to turn, you know, he wanted to stay babyface, and, and I think that was kind of where he was starting to lose his steam in AEW and I don't know what was going on behind the scenes with anybody else, you know, like with Tony or the Bucks or whatever, if there was a fallout there, as we heard that there was. But, you know, just on screen, it was time for a change. And if he wasn't going to turn heel or or change that part of himself there, then, you know, the next best thing is to jump over to the other promotion. You know what I mean? Because when you go back to WWE, you're going to get the babyface reaction again already. So now he, he'll he have a whole another babyface run with WWE. There'll come a time where that character will get stale and people will get sick of him again. Um, But that's, it doesn't mean that people are over Cody Rhodes. It just means there's time for the, that's how you know it's time to turn heel or change the character up or do something different. You know what I mean? You just, the fans, when they turn on you, they don't, it's not personal. It's just them, Let that's their way of letting you know that we're, we're done with this shit now. This is boring now. Let's see what else you got. (laughs) Fans are, fans are pretty harsh sometimes in wrestling and we all know that, right? Um But, yeah, you know, I can see how that affected Dustin. But, hey, this was for the best. This was a good move for Cody to do specifically. Um, You know, it seems like AEW's kind of struggled since Cody left. Struggled to find their foot. I mean, they had their best. Not financially. They've had their best years or their best year since after Cody left, Punk came in and it was blew the the pay-per-views and the live gates and all that shit was through the roof. So, Uh, You know, financially, uh, the Cody leaving didn't hurt. But, you know, I feel like they're still struggling to find their place creatively. They're struggling to, you know, hang on to that over a million crowd. You know, they're barely able to touch a million. And, you know, that's something I feel like that kind of left with Cody. But Cody in WWE is fantastic. And, And it's even better that he's... The American Nightmare, and he's got his music and his whole presentation and everything. It's like... It's incredible. It's incredible. It's rare in wrestling and uh, Triple H knows the significance of that. And he's going to use Cody really good too, because Triple H I've always seen. And and I think Cody has too. you know, Cody has said that Triple H is his favorite wrestler and he looks up to Triple H. You know what I mean? You can see it in the way that he carries himself as a wrestler. He's Triple H esque as a personality, even, you know, Um, maybe not like, personality but like as a character i guess in a lot of ways there's similarities there and uh, at least in my opinion i see that see them you know and i think that it'll be easy for triple h to book cody because he'll kind of use him the way that he would have used himself in a lot of ways so i think we're in for big things for cody and will he ever come back to aew who knows that's i i think you know you never say never in the wrestling business obviously But, uh, you know, I can't imagine Cody has too many more years left in him. And I can't imagine, you know, he came back in at such a top spot in WWE that I feel like it's similar to, like, AJ Styles. Like, what's the point of leaving at this point? You know, like, AJ, you know, had a chance to jump jump to AEW. But, like, dude, WWE's treating me pretty good over here. And they're paying me a shit ton of money. And, like, you know, I can just kind of retire here. I'll be fine. So I think... That might be the path for Cody as well. But who knows? We shall see. But there's lots of other good stuff in this interview with Dustin, too. So I'd seek that out, um, you know, if you like Dustin. Even if you don't, you know, there's just a lot of good stories in there. The Gold Dust stories and the the um, Dusty stories and just a lot of that kind of fun stuff. So go check that out. Yes, the Tropical Punch flavor. It's, it's really they're good man I don't know if you've had a Zoa they're like fruit juice in a way like but they're like it's just perfectly balanced like it doesn't have the energy drink taste as much as it has like a fruit taste like it's natural fucking berries or something but yeah recommend it recommend it I'm an energy drink guy are you an energy drink guy I like coffee too iced coffee it's good shit As you can tell, we're at the end of the, we're at the end of this show here. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Um, I wanted to put on your radar. I did, and I should have known I was going to run into this. But it's hard, you know. Like I have a full time work schedule and everything, kids. It's hard to find time to record everything and just edit and balance everything. But I should have did these earlier, knowing that they were going to get blocked. But I did three watch alongs. Uh, all in a row. I just sat and you know watched a few matches and just recorded them, chopped them into separate videos. So I have some watch-alongs in honor of the Survivor Series this year. Uh, for I did a watch-along of a Survivor Series match, the one where CM Punk teams up with DX and the Hardy Boys, and then I did two War Games matches as well, uh, WCW versus the NWO. With the fake Sting and the Stinger. And then I also did the uh, previously mentioned in the Dustin Road segment. The Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. I have watch-alongs for all three of those. Those are up on YouTube. Um, but they are currently blocked as I record this for copyright purposes. Uh, you know, WWE blocks them with the copyright. But they do fall under fair use. So I disputed them. Same thing with the Royal Rumble watch-along I did about a month ago. Um, you know, it's, you can do separate commentary to these things and that falls under fair use. It's not a copyright violation or anything, but until they d- sort all that out with my dispute, they, uh, block it in the meantime. So I don't know that they're going to make air by the time that Survivor Series does. Uh, they probably won't cause I'm recording this on a Saturday morning, afternoon, and uh (laughs) survivor series is tonight so fat chance on that but when you do see those pop up still give them a watch you know they're still worth your time even though they're not uh their survivor series will have been passed by then but um i've just been having a lot of fun doing the bonus content i'm going to be doing that book review for uh there's just one problem from brian gewertz uh, again, just it's just a great book, so please look out for that one, too, because I'm excited to kind of talk about this book. I'm probably going to record it after this, so if I'm in the same shirt and hat, then you know that I'm just... Sorry, I'm burping up my Zoa. Don't mind me. We can burp. This is the after. This is the closing credits of the show here. This is where we can kind of uh, undo our belt a little bit and burp and fart and just let loose. Right? Right? No? Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to record that, talk about that book, because it was really fun. And uh, just all the other fun stuff. I got reaction videos up. I got reviews. Go check out some of my other content if you like my wrestling content. Uh, that's my bread and butter, and I'm going to com- continue to uh, create content for you guys. But I also do other stuff. And if you want to hear about other stuff, so just nerdy stuff, movies, and that kind of shit. So... Go check that out. That's it. Uh, the Gathering book, A Bold Journey into the Belly of the Juggalo Underworld. That is my book on Audible, Amazon, and Kindle about a grumpy, fucking disgruntled ex-juggalo that has to go to the Gathering of the Juggalos, does a bunch of drugs, has a bunch of fun, and it's uh, it's a just drug-induced debauchery. So check that out if that sounds fun to you. And that's all I got. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me this week, watching along. Peace, love, and pizza. I am your boy, Seth Grimes. And this has been the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast.
2: I hate juggalos, I fucking hate them. I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah man, I'm not into all that whoop whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out! Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down! Uh, Cops! Fuck your sleep. Fuck your sleep. Fuck your sleep. Fuck your sleep. <laughs> the savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit! Run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? <sighs> yep. The gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo Underworld.